Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investor Podcast. Welcome back to Guardrail Finance's Passive Real Estate Investor Podcast. Today, we are going to do an overview of passive real estate investing and discuss what is passive real estate investing. The goal of going through this overview of passive real estate investing is really to touch on passive real estate from a high level. Once you go through this podcast, you'll have a good understanding of the overall topic of passive real estate investing, and then we can dive into various topic areas more in depth in subsequent podcasts. So from a high level, what is passive real estate investing? Well, passive real estate investing is investing in real estate without substantial hands-on effort or active participation from the investor in the real estate investment. The truth is that the majority of real estate investors are passive investors. People with money make money in their chosen profession, and while many investors are also real estate professionals, there are many investors who come from other professions such as finance, professional sports, show business, entrepreneurs, investors, business owners, technology executives, healthcare professionals, and even the government. In fact, I started my career as a real estate financier, and before I became an active real estate investor, I was a passive investor with other sponsors. Now I strategically choose to be both an active sponsor of real estate investments and also a passive investor in other sponsors' real estate investments in various property types and in different geographies across the country. The main idea behind investing passively is the premise that diversification in having a variety of investments will shield you from unwanted exposure to a particular area. Real estate diversification enables you to have exposure to different real estate asset classes such as apartments, industrial properties, office buildings, retail, shopping centers, leisure, hotel properties, self-storage, senior-assisted living, and even student housing, to name a few. And you can do this in multiple geographic markets, not only in your home market or your own state, but you can do this in other states, in other cities that you know and like. And you can invest not only on your own or with friends and family, but you can invest with other sponsors who are going to get you exposure to larger deals or other markets that you may not have otherwise invested in. You can further diversify outside of your home country and potentially gain exposure to different currencies uh, should you really choose to do that. Uh, I have in the past. I enjoy it. Uh, I've done it both on an active basis and also on a passive basis in different vehicles. And for the most part, uh, while there has been a little bit of tax concerns and currency fluctuation in those investments, I like having the ability to get access to different markets because it means different economics at play, different in-migration, uh, different cost-benefit analysis, and also the potential for travel opportunities uh, to those markets where you're investing, which I view as an added benefit uh, to investing passively. There are a number of reasons why you should invest in passive real estate and some of these myriad reasons why people would do this uh, is that there are myriad reasons why 
people will invest in investment vehicles as a passive real estate investor. Real estate professionals and professionals from other backgrounds choose to invest in real estate. And I believe that's going to continue. It is a great place to invest your money where you can get a store of value, but also a return on that money that you're investing. You also get tax benefits. And so some of the topics we're going to walk through here, why people would choose to invest in real estate passively. I think the first one and one of the biggest is that real estate is really a physical asset. And real estate is something that has been developed with limited resources. Real estate is difficult to move and the property can last for a long period of time without destruction. If created properly, physical assets are stores of value, like I said a minute ago. Because they are tangible assets, physical assets do not only include the property, uh, but it also includes plant, equipment, inventory, and real estate gets added as an asset to your fixed asset list on your personal financial statement. And as that grows, that can grow on the asset side of the ledger on your personal financial statement. And real estate is made out of materials, and so real estate depreciates over time since buildings do need repairs and maintenance which is a good segue into another reason why people invest passively in real estate. And that is because there is an ability to add value. So the second reason for investing in real estate passively is that you have the ability to add value or improve the real estate over time. With real estate, you have that ability to add value by either improving upon the property, making capital improvements to the exteriors of the property. You can also do renovations, rehabilitations to either the exteriors and or the interiors of the property. And another way you can add value is through financial management. Rent rolls can be improved by increasing the rents to market level at the property. Managers can also do a better job of tightening up on expenses. Uh, managers can also do a better job of financial accounting and you can also do a better job of just tenant management where previous owners may have done a shoddier job. So adding value can also be improving upon the services that you provide at a particular property, uh, increasing the amenities at that property, or even improving upon the customer service that you offer your tenants by being more responsive, creating community on site, uh, also, maybe creating parks, creating a safer environment. Those are all ways that you can add value to a property. Another way to add value is to put competitive financing in place or to refinance the property in a way that you and your investors extract value by either increasing the loan amount, lowering the interest rate, increasing the amortization period, or even paying down the loan more quickly to improve upon the cash flow and to provide additional security for the investors. But those are all ways that you can improve upon the, the property. Another reason for investing in passive real estate is that you get current cash flow. So not unlike a dividend on a stock, you can get current cash flow from the property operations. And current cash flow is effectively a dividend. Many sponsors structure these dividends as preferred returns. And like a dividend, preferred returns are not guaranteed payments, but they are payments that a sponsor expects to be able to pay at the property level and that the sponsor will pay before the sponsor receives any promote, which is the incentive management aspect 
that a sponsor may earn for delivering above average returns to the property. Current cash flow is really derived by looking at the total revenues coming in at the property level, less any vacancy, less any bad debt, uh, less any concessions that you may be giving to the tenants, and this is all called effective gross income. And then after calculating effective gross income, you then need to look at all the operating expenses at the property as well. And operating expenses include property management fees, real estate taxes, insurance costs, utility costs, uh, expensable repairs and maintenance, janitorial services, landscaping, pest control, security, uh, anything along those lines. And then the operating expenses at the property level are subtracted from the effective gross income to yield you what the property's net operating income is, or NOI. And once you know your NOI, you can subtract out your debt costs, which include both principal and interest. And the net operating income less your annual debt costs yields you your after-debt cash flow. And this is how you derive your current cash flow because then you can pay your preferred returns out of your after-debt cash flow to the investors in the property. And the distributions get made to the partnership based on that current cash flow. And that is effectively the free cash flow available for distribution before any taxation. And so we generally strive to have current cash flow that generates at least a 6% annual return on the equity invested. And in most cases, we're striving to get kind of high single digits in the 6 to 9% range at a minimum. Uh, we have some properties that are generating returns above a 10% cash on cash on the original equity. Uh, we have some properties that have been generating north of a 40% return on the remaining equity once we've done some cash outs. And so there are a number of ways to look at those numbers, but generally on the initial equity invested, we are looking to get no less than 6% um, preferred return as a current cash distribution number. Another reason that people invest in passive real estate is that it is an inflation hedge. And an inflation hedge is really an investment that typically protects the amount of capital invested from any loss in value due to rising prices. So rising prices for goods and services is effectively inflation in rudimentary terms. And inflation hedge typically increases in value during inflationary time periods. And so you tend to see not only inflation running at the same time on goods and services, but also on asset price inflation. And so with real estate being a physical asset that's a store of value and an asset that not only maintains its value during inflationary times, but also the fact that it's subject to increases in value as rents increase because you're providing a, a home for people, you're providing a place to operate a business out of, you can also increase your rents over time uh, through inflation and also through uh, adding value at the property level. And as such, you know, real estate generally increases in value over longer time periods. There can be blips, momentary drops in value, but because you have a physical asset that is using limited resources and you also generally are having stricter political restrictions and regulations related to building, that can also increase the value of property over time.
So when discussing good inflation hedges, most people discuss gold and real estate being the best investments to act as inflation hedges. And in time periods that we've seen in the recent past, especially in the U.S., with you know huge amounts of monetary expansion, most people believe that there will be significant inflation at some point. We've been believing this for a number of years, and now all of a sudden the data is coming out and we are having some record inflation where month over month, uh, from the previous year, you're, you're talking 7.4%, 6.8%. We're getting some very high single-digit inflation numbers that will erode the value of the U.S. dollar. So it's better to be in assets. It's better to be in stocks. It's better to be in real estate. It's better to be in commodities. It's better to be in businesses where you can actually capture that inflation as well. And so real estate really should be a direct beneficiary of an inflationary environment that we're going through at this point. Another reason that people invest in real estate on a passive basis is that there is upside potential. So upside potential comes in a number of different ways related to real estate. Inflation is one way for real estate to have upside potential. We're living in this inflationary environment where things are rising in costs. Um, since we live on this planet where we've got limited resources and we have limited space and the goods and services generally get more expensive over time. Well-located real estate in areas with good or improving demographics, with good in-migration, with good job growth, those properties and areas are generally going to have more upside potential than downside risk. And so you're going to have a property that generally is not going to fall in value or it's not going to fall in value as much if there's some economic shock or some exogenous factor that uh, that impacts real estate at some level. Those properties in the better locations and that are newer and that are not obsolete are generally going to hold their value a lot better. But real estate does have the ability to be improved upon. So real estate can be modified to enhance its value. Real estate can be renovated on the interiors to make them more modern. Uh, real estate can be reinforced on the exteriors to make the, the properties last longer. It also has the ability to be improved on the exterior so that the property looks better or that it functions better or that it's not as obsolete. And it also has the ability to be repurposed into a different type of use. For example, there's a property that I invested in that was a former hotel. The hotel was closed down and then it was turned into luxury uh, luxury apartments. Those luxury apartments were also initially being looked at as rental apartments, but the market was so good that the developer decided to sell those as condominiums instead of renting them out as apartments. And that repurposing was almost a, a twofold repurposing because the initial repurposing was for for rent apartments, but ultimately, the market was so good for, for condo sales that the developer decided to sell the property as condos. And that actually made more money sooner rather than later. So we could have held those properties and got a lower return. But by selling them, we held them for a few years and then had a nice pop, uh, which created more value uh, for the investors. But it also improved on the real estate by going from a hotel that wasn't getting the traction to a uh, apartments to condos that could be used and that people could invest in and live in on their own.
Real estate also has the upside potential due to changes in finances. So it's possible to get new tenants that may be even better than the old tenants who are paying a higher rent. Uh, and some of them may even cover some of the operating expenses directly. In fact, in a lot of markets, uh, tenants are now covering water, sewer, gas uh, in apartment complexes and in different commercial properties. Uh, a lot of the tenants are covering some of the expenses related to real estate taxes and insurance. A lot of them are covering the utility costs as well. And so that improves upon the property because then you're improving on the finances, which will raise the value of the property just by managing the expenses and or the gross income uh, in a better way. So real estate also has upside potential from that good financial management at the property level. Uh, another reason that real estate has upside potential is that it does have the ability to be financed in multiple ways, which can also add value upon a sale to a future buyer. So if you have a refinance and that can provide upside potential for the existing investors, because those investors may be able to refinance the property and do a cash out refinance. And that may mean that the investors have no tax consequences on that cash out refinance, then an investor can also reinvest those proceeds into new cash flowing deals in another way. Another benefit that a refinance might have is that you may be able to put a larger loan in place at a lower interest rate. And then when you go to sell the property, if the loan is assumable, then the next buyer can come in, buy the property, assume the loan, and then benefit from the lower financing costs, which may in the end add value to the property and it may allow that new investor to acquire the property at a higher value. Yet another reason for investing in passive real estate deals is that there are tax benefits to real estate. And tax benefits make real estate really an above average vehicle for investing in. We're not gonna talk too much about real estate taxes because taxes are heavily dependent on your personal situation but at the real estate level many expenses can be expensed against the income of the property it's also possible that the items that cannot be directly expensed can go into capital expenses which are expensed as depreciation over a longer time period as you hold the property real estate also has the ability to get a tax benefit called depreciation, right? And depreciation in the U.S. is either based off of a 27 and a half year schedule for residential multifamily properties or a 39 year schedule for commercial. Really in the early years, depreciation can significantly reduce the taxable cash flow at the property. It saves investors money on taxes. It also may shield a good amount of the income that would otherwise have been subject to taxes. And so investors may have been positive on a cash flow basis and the depreciation can shield that investor's income for a certain period of time and so on a tax basis the net income could be negative because of that depreciation and therefore your cash flow positive but on a tax basis you're negative and therefore pay no taxes um, which is really something that a lot of investors look at because i know on my k1s that i get and the k1 is the tax form that you get for your real estate a lot of the depreciation shelters the income that comes in. So even though I've been getting cash flow, a lot of my taxes can build up and look to be negative over a longer time period until you sell a property. And then that can change your gains. But 
if you're not selling a property, you can have uh, losses on your property for, for or on your income for quite a long time uh, because the K-1s drive down your, uh, your taxable income. It's also possible to do cost segregation studies and those may further enhance the depreciation you can get at a property uh, because a cost segregation study basically breaks up all the components in a real estate property and gives different depreciation schedules, which may be much faster than the 27 and a half year schedule, the 39 year schedule. So you may be able to depreciate carpet at a faster rate, or you may be able to depreciate a HVAC system at a, at a faster rate. And therefore you're giving your investors uh, larger shielded income, at least in the early years. Finally, although preferred returns are taxed at ordinary income levels, real estate that is held for longer than one year for investment is taxed at long-term capital gains. And so long-term capital gains are typically much lower than ordinary income tax levels. And so these are some of the main reasons why people invest in passive real estate deals. And the rationale for investing in real estate is compelling for passive cash flow real estate investors because you're investing in a physical asset. You have the ability to add value with real estate. You obtain current cash flow from your real estate. You are invested in an asset that acts as an inflation hedge. You can also get upside potential from your real estate. And you also receive tax benefits by being invested in this real estate. These are a number of the reasons why passive real estate investors are interested in investing in real estate, continue to invest in real estate, and why I believe it's going to be a vehicle that people continue to look at in the future. Now, our show here is a personal finance show. And so I am not giving you advice. I am not providing you with information. I do not know your personal tax situation and I do not know your personal investment situation. So we are not providing any advice. This is purely a personal finance show meant for information and educational purposes. I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have the chance to speak with you about passive real estate investing. Till next time, let's continue growing our passive cash flow and net worth together.